episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Gym Aware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where Gym Aware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're just trying to dive a little deeper into the minds of some of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are, and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the head strength and conditioning coach for EHC, Ice Baron Berlin, Jake Jensen. Jake, thanks for being with us, brother. Thanks for having me. That was masterfully done. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. Well, no. listen, man, before we get rock and rolling too far here, who is Jake Jensen? Oh, I'm uh, I'm a graduate of the CVASPs conference, I think. It's probably the best way to start it off. So I got my start going to your event, and here I am doing the thing. So just uh, living in Germany with my wife and our two babies. We are expecting our third in, in January, so we're short-timers now. we got like four weeks, I think, until the third son comes. But uh, working and living the dream, I think working in teams is is uh, why we all do it, and living here with the fam is a is an added blessing. That's awesome, man! And congrats on number three on the way. Shoot, this will probably come out right about the time when Jensen three is 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 here. Yeah, hopefully. My wife's ready to have him here right now. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. She's ready well, to be done. Yeah, I bet. Especially with the, the winter over there. I'm sure that can't be fun for her at all. Yeah, yeah. She's ready to she's ready to be done. So it's good times. Well, we're excited to have to have another one. So three little boys running around. It's gonna be a party. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, listen, brother, good. You know, coming from Utah, Virginia, and now over to Germany, you, you've been around the world. Shoot, started in Russia to come Russia. to Portland, actually. But you've seen it all. Like, you've seen quite a bit of things. So if you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Ooh, I thought about this. After you sent me the questions beforehand, I want to study and do it right. Um, I think the, I guess one time that really stands out the most that's been important for me throughout like uh, all the experiences that I've been like lucky enough to have as a, as a strength and conditioning coach was uh, working at BYU. I was working for Frank Wintrick at the time, um, who taught me a ton about being a strength coach and working in teams. But uh, I know I can remember it like, just like as if it happened yesterday because it left such a strong impression on me. Um, I showed up to the workout, like we had a, a staff meeting at five o'clock in the morning. And the workout started at six because uh, the, the practices were in the mornings there. And my house was almost an hour away from BYU's campus. So I had to make a long drive to get there for the meeting and then to start the workouts. And uh, I walked into the meeting probably like 4.58 a.m. And they already started the meeting. This was the like the strength staff, right, before we – uh, break out to set up the, the lift, um, sit through the lift. You know, it's that awkward moment you walk in and everybody's like, ah, oh, new guy's here late. And uh, meeting ends, everybody breaks out. <laughs> I go to like buzz out and start, you know, getting away from the coach. And uh, he calls me back in. He says, hey, stay in here for a sec. So I know I'm in for it. Then I call back in. So I shut the door, sits me down. <clears throat> and uh, like credit to him. He kept it short and sweet, and uh, he said, you know, I think that it's fair for me to, to just let you know you were late, and uh, if you show up late to a staff meeting again, your internship will be over. So that's all, and, you know, go set up the lift. And it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't anything like he wasn't being malicious, you know. It was just letting me know, like, there's a standard, and we have to keep the standard. So... From that point on, I was never late again. Like I got there 30 minutes early. And uh, after that had happened, we had conversations about it. And he was like, no matter where you go, just behave like a professional. Doesn't matter if you're an intern. It doesn't matter if you're a guest or uh, like a visitor or the person who's in charge. You just have to behave like a professional. And that, man, that set the tone so much <clears throat> like uh, – we were talking before I was telling you stories about what it's been like being in charge and that just sets the tone for me. Like when I think about what I'm, how I'm going to behave in a new situation, you know, with coming to Germany where I don't speak the language, um, how should I interact with these people? It's like, just be a professional. And, uh, you know, that's been huge for me. Like no matter where I go, conferences, um, like I went to Hank's event in Amsterdam last summer or last fall. And there were people there that spoke like five different languages, French, Dutch, um, Romanian, German, Spanish, you know, and they come up to you and talk to you in English and you can barely understand what they're saying. And you just think to yourself, you know, how should I do this? 
and uh, comes to your mind, like just be a professional with these people. And uh, it's always served me well. And I think that that was probably one of the most valuable lessons I've learned, like as a as a strength coach. That's awesome, dude. And I, I think that understanding that the standard that was taught is the standard that you need to go by is absolutely priceless. Yeah, and even just little things, you know, like just be on time. Like professionals don't show up late. That's all there is to it. You know, if there's garbage on the floor, pick it up. Professionals, you know, keep a tidy room. So if there's someone you don't know, introduce yourself. Like professionals introduce themselves to folks. So it was big time for me. That's a great three little nuggets right there. I'm, I'm digging that, brother. I'm digging that. So let's move to number two. An inquisitive guy also. <laughs> guy who definitely digs for answers. So if Jake could ask one question and knows he would get the answer to it, what would that be and why? No thought about this one. I, um, well, I'll just be straight up. I would ask like a great coach like Bill Belichick or, uh, um, you know, a, like you were talking about Bruce Pearl, I would ask that guy, I would say, in your experience, do you feel like you can actually make an athlete in the gym or like in training? And I would just want an honest answer because I think they would say no. I think that uh, in a lot of cases as strength coaches, like <clears throat> we see people who haven't been trained or have little experience make huge gains in the training that we give them. But uh, I think that head coaches and tactical staff place a huge like uh, value on recruiting for a reason. Like they've been tactical coaches their whole lives. Like they've seen guys come and go. Um, they've seen, just imagine how many interviews, uh, resumes, like discussions they've seen on from strength coaches, like promising everything under the sun. And none of it in their experience, you know, I would like to know, like, does it work? You know, like, what is your, what is your main criteria for this, this position? And do you believe that it actually helps? Like, I think in my experience, they place a value on having uh, physical training, but I don't think that it's that value. Like, I don't think they believe you can actually make an athlete and, uh, for me, that's super important to know because the the things that make team sport athletes great at their competitive event are not the things that make a track and field athlete great at their competitive event. And uh, in my experience, you know, relatively short compared to a lot of the other coaches that I interact with, you know, yourself included, um, I found that great athletes in their sport. They possess uncommon talent and tactical ability. And there is also like athletic ability in there. But without the talent and the tactics, they don't do great in the sport. It's like a train like Tarzan, play like Jane thing. You got a guy who's a great athlete, but he can't ball. He's gone. And so for me, I would, I would love to hear what do those coaches think of that? Like, is it actually possible or no? Because if not, man, I need to place a different focus on how I get those athletes to be better at their game. You know what I mean? And we talked about before, you could put a lot of energy into making them physically 
like so much more dominant. But if it doesn't matter, like why spend the time to do it? It's just a waste. You know, if you can spend the time to make the more resilient instead of more robust, um, then that's a more valuable like investment of your energy with the athlete. Like I, there's a book I'm reading right now called Team of Teams. And I'm not sure what the name of the author is. I can't remember. But uh, he talks about that a ton, like resilient versus robust. You know, and his example is like uh, a concrete pad is robust. Like you can drive a truck on it. You can build a house on it. <clears throat> you can pour water on it. It's not going anywhere. But if you pick it off, off the ground two inches and drop it, it's going to break. It's not resilient. It's robust. You know, so for what it is, it's great. Like it does, it's not going anywhere and you can put heavy stuff on it. But I think that in team sports, the athletes need to be resilient. And uh, I would be curious to hear what a, a coach like Belichick or uh, Nick Saban has to say about that, who has seen elite team sport athletes for several generations, you know, come and go. That's pretty awesome, man. I dig that because I think that on top of that, too, that would – that would that could literally flip on our head everything that you're trying to do with those young people like whether it would you know like right now everybody loves to talk about KPIs and building towards KPIs and and all that stuff present company included obviously um, <laughs> yeah but if they turned around and said that well then that's basically like them saying like screw your KPIs like they're yeah. they're not going to make them better at game x so let's work on something else yeah and i think you know i think uh there's been a lot of attention lately at least for me like other people probably pay a lot of attention already but like mike boyle and his uh discussions have come up a lot like on my social media feeds and i think in some things he's like very in this train of thought you know he's like you could do all kinds of special things but if you're not getting the athlete to do them with 100% effort or if you're not doing them in a way that for that athlete is going to make him better at a sport, it doesn't matter like how, how fancy or how specific it is because you're missing the foundational piece, you know, which is that it just doesn't matter that much. Um, and I guess for me, like, uh, the, K, the KPIs and measurables are – are super important because you have to, as a, as a professional, you have to demonstrate that what you're doing is making an impact. And so it's not to discount the, like the tools and the process It's more to like have the correct perspective for like where those tools and process are taking you because you can make a great weightlifter, but does that mean he's going to be good at basketball? Like for me, does Having him be a great weightlifter mean he's going to be great at ice hockey? Well, in some cases, probably yes. In other cases, probably not. You know, but I can't say, like, as a strength coach who hasn't coached ice hockey players for 30 years, like, I can't say these type of guys need it, these type of guys don't. Or this is what I wish they had at a younger age so that when they got older, they could do these things better. Like, I just don't have that experience, you know, the tactical in the trenches, roadies under my belt to say it's what they need. So that would be really cool for me to hear. No doubt, man. I love that. Because then even running down that rabbit hole a little more, too, it's like, 
we all, I think, and this is coaches of every level and every aspect of sport, get stuck running down that rabbit hole of the end of one, two, right? Where you've got the one kid who, like, it clicked and then the weight room made him great. Or, like, the one kid who was allergic to the weight room and was an All-American. And it's like, yeah. instead of sitting here and, and looking at it as the actual one kid that you're dealing with right now, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, and I think, I suspect that it's a question of um, being able to communicate with the with the people you're working with. That same book, he talks a ton about his experience in the army, and the example that really sticks with me, as it pertains to sport, is that when he was this guy who wrote the book, when he was an army commander in Iraq, he was like, we were playing a game that the rules were. Uh, completely different from the tools that we had to play it with. And he was like, the question we were trying to answer being like, you know, fighting terrorists or whatever, the question would change every second. And every time there was a question, there was five possible answers. And he was like, our feedback loop was like two days before we could have enough information to make a decision. And he's like, we're trying to make a decision answer a question that had already changed a hundred times in the time it took us to get the information. And it's like with these kids, with these athletes, um, I think that's totally the case. And for me, I find myself being stuck in this rut of like, okay, you're tight. Let's look at your technique. Let's look at your ankle flexibility. Let's look at your, uh, like motivation to work out today. You know, your, your KPIs in, in strength, power, and fitness flexibility when maybe the question is not where your KPI is, the question is, you know, uh, what's going on at home that's got you feeling down? No you doubt, know? man. No doubt. Or like, you know, like, what did the coach say about your off-ice habits that's got you feeling amotivated to train? And so it's like now as a, as a strength coach, it's like I've opened up my perspective to see that, there's more influencing whether or not they do what makes them healthier than just like what they look like when they step in my room. Cause I've had that experience already. Like a guy comes in and you're like, he just, he comes in and he just has that, uh, like rain cloud attitude and you look at him and you're like, man, like technique looks off today. He looks tired. Maybe we should modify, but it's like, if I grab him and I say, Hey, come talk to me for a minute and just be like, Hey man, what's going on? Like you look off. Something looks off. Five minute conversation goes back out, has the best workout of the week. You don't have to modify a thing. You just listen for a minute and he feels like somebody cares and then he's out. And in other cases, the opposite guy comes in, looks terrible. You have to change his whole workout for two weeks and then he comes back better. So I think, uh, it's more about like, being able to answer the question of the minute rather than having one system that's intended to fit all of the questions. Maybe, I don't know, could be wrong. But. I dig that, I dig that. Having a system to answer the question of the minute instead of a system to answer all the questions. I dig that. That's, uh, I'll probably steal that and tweet that later. That's that's pretty freaking awesome. I'll, yeah, I'll tag book, you on it. The book, <laughs> the book has a way better, it says it way better. I can't remember. It was great though. Like the way he writes it is just like, man, that's sports for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that line. That's for sure, bro. That's big time. Well, listen, Jake, I know like for the people that don't know you, 
Like, this is like the one question that I'm actually excited to hear about because you do a lot of stuff. Like, people talk about work-life balance, and Jake Jensen has some awesome things he does outside of the, outside of the gym. So, what is your escape, bro? I'm I'm excited to hear these. <laughs> if you ask my wife, she'll say I have way too many. <laughs> so my balance is off balance. Oh, I think uh, I grew up in a like a smaller town, so I got a lot of uh, spent a lot of time out in the mountains and uh, using my hands. So here in Germany, I don't get as much time as I would like to, but I like to go. I like to hunt and fish. Um, I like to go out camping and hiking. I get out a little bit. We had a camp this year in uh, southern Germany in a town called Berchtesgaden, which is right close to Austria. And I like decided to like go on my little nature walk, and uh, I got totally lost. And I ended up at the um, Eagle's Nest, Hitler's hit like former little thing on the top of the mountain. Like got myself lost to the top of to Austria. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, I also like to. Uh, work on engines so like in in my in high school I worked on cars for fun and I did it as a uh, work for my dad's company so worked on tractors and stuff Um, here in Germany I rebuild motorcycles just because I don't have space for a car so old Japanese motorcycles they're it's pretty hard to screw up I'll be honest it's kind of like making a paper airplane if you mess it up you just get a new piece of paper and start over so working on motorcycles is a good time. Um, yeah, like wrenching and being outside. I would definitely mess that up. <laughs> well, you just buy a new one or buy new parts. I guess. But, man, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're kicking butt over there, man, and things are great and the fam's great, man. And, and as always, it's great to chop it up, Jake, and it's great to see your brother. And uh, We'll be in touch real soon, homie. Stoked to catch up. Face to face this July, man. It's, uh, missed you this summer, and it's going to be great to have you back in town. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I can't wait to get out. It's going to be good. I'm counting down the days. Yeah, appreciate it, brother. We'll be in touch real soon, homie. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Jay.